0: Hey everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals. I'm um, coming at you today from the craft room, Sunny Bunny in his little bed, my little Maltese pup. And um, yes, 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 I got a great question about... Um, I'm just going to read you the question so you can get the uh, gist of it. Alicia King asks... I love the no-fuss, crafty paper fun that you bring. I have one question. How do you allow yourself to be okay with the letting go of supplies? I don't sell my journals. I just create for the therapeutic effect. Here's the kicker. I feel hoarding tendencies creeping up, as most of us paper crafters do. Okay, got it, got it. You are not alone um okay what we talk about here in the paper outpost podcast junk journals paper crafting life of a crafter and answering your crafty questions but today we're going to be specifically focusing on hoarding tendencies okay so uh, my zodiac sign is a cancer which means i'm a collector of things apparently if you believe in any of that but i like to gather bring things into my my little grabbing with my little pinchers and pulling them all in and gathering them close When I grew up, I had a very messy bedroom. The rest of the house was clean. My mess room was always a disaster. I would go in there and clean it up periodically, and in two seconds again, it was a disaster. Not unlike I am today. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. But as I became an adult and wore my big girl pants, I decided, you know, enough is enough with the mess in life. You need to live like a good, clean, healthy adult. And I thought, okay, right. We don't want a lot of junk. So, um... um, first, okay, so when I bought my first house, which is still the house I'm in today, um, you start to think you need things, and you go out, and you collect all these things, so you gotta get, um, you know, all your kitchen stuff, all your bedding, all, you know, you know, the stuff of life, right, getting that, and then, Christmases and birthdays and gift giving and people give you things and you go buy more stuff and next thing you know you're up to your eyeballs in 75 bed sheets, 2,000 pillowcases, towels that you're saving for some ungodly reason. Never going to use them. Totally forgot you had them. They're stuffed in the linen closet. Haven't seen them in years. Everything is clean and put away but the, the overwhelm can be a little bit much. You know what I mean? So came the day you know, Marie Kondo came along and said, you know, basically, what are you doing, people? Get rid of your nonsense. So, um, uh, you know, I decided, uh, no, back it up a little bit. I actually went through something called a capsule wardrobe first, which was um, how to pare down your wardrobe to just a few pieces that interchange with each other. You can mix and match tops and skirts. Remember Granimals? I don't know if anybody remembers those, but they were uh, tagged and color-coded children's clothes that could easily mix and match so the kid could figure out their own outfit for the day. Well this was not on like, capsule wardrobe for adults. You get, um, I don't know, maybe it's totally up to you, but let's say you have 20 items and you can wear them all interchangeably, make many different outfits. And I thought that concept was so cool. I got all excited about it, pulled out everything in my closet made my husband pull out everything in his closet, which was the same closet, and uh, we just went through and pulled out what we absolutely loved first, and then we had not the not-sure pile and the definitely-no-way pile. So we dealt with the definitely-no-way, we looked at the unsure pile, but by the time we were done, the unsure pile became part of the definitely-no-way pile. We were very excited about the capsule wardrobe. and. We this became such a wonderful way to pack for a trip because you could take one of those. I went on a three-week trip to Europe with a small, like carry-on, hard-case piece of luggage, and I had a different outfit every day, and um, it was it was awesome. Um, and um, there are ways to clean your things when you're out there traveling around too. You can you can still wear clean items, but. Um, Uh, But, you you know, it was amazing how it really worked. So I was very excited about that. So this new concept of paring down started to spill into the rest of the house. I'm like, okay. So we pared down the closet because I think my closet was bursting a little bit. And I decided to go through the rest of the house like an animal. Um, I get excited about something and I just go whole hog into it. That's my style, my thing. And so I took each room and I went through methodically and I pulled out, did the same thing. Absolutely stay, not sure. Heck no, gotta go. And um, did those, and then the middle pile, and the heck no's, that all went. Because I thought, you know, if I really needed that particular shampoo, my grocery store has it, and I considered it my peripheral closet, like an extra, my, my stores, my stores, the stores around me, I started to think of as if I, I was worried I was going to regret getting rid of something. So I thought, instead of regretting, fearing regretting getting rid of something, I asked myself, what does it cost me to have it take up the space? Well, number one, it costs me the room to where I can't have something I absolutely love be in that space because it's clogged with something I sort of love or feel guilty about getting rid of. And then I thought, the stores around me, physically, the retail stores, and all the online stores, all the Amazon world, the eBay world, and all that are also peripheral extended closets because it's all there. It's all accessible if I need it. I don't have to shove it in my house. Okay. All right. So there we go. That helped me get rid of a lot of stuff mentally. It's like, okay, the stuff is still out there in the world. It's not like I can't access it. I can find the nonsense if I need it. I don't think I think maybe I missed one thing you know I regretted getting rid of one thing I got rid of so much stuff and all of a sudden I felt like I could breathe in my house I had my house became so much larger because I got rid of all this stuff it felt so good and I said I'm never going back nope that felt really good okay and that was before the paper outpost came along (laughs) okay and um, but you know and, and, and it was good. Going through the kitchen, the bathrooms, everything, it was done. I was good. It took me a while. Trust me, that wasn't a fast process, but a totally worth it process. And you just take a, you know, as you have time. You can't do a whole room? Do a drawer. You know, do a closet. Do um, under the bed. Do your nightstand. Do your purse. Give yourself the freedom of the nonsense that lives in your purse. There's a lot of hoarding tendencies that go on in a purse. Let me tell you, I can, I can put an entire... Um, you know, camping, I could set up, I could live for weeks probably in the wilderness with what was in the purse. So I, I decided to play with my mind a little bit and get a smaller purse because I could only fit so much in that worked better. So I only put the essentials in the purse now. And sometimes I don't even take a purse. Nope. And, uh, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, then the paper outpost, outpost was born and I, well, no, actually before I started the paper outpost, I did get into, there was the 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 craft creep um, not a creepy person but the creeping back in like we can justify why we bring things into our home and I was starting to collect tea cards and Victorian trade cards and calling cards and things like that and I was just fascinated by them I was watching some videos, I saw other people had them, I was like, oh my God, look at those things. I just, you know, became so amazed by them and just thinking that these things are so old and they were in people's hands over a hundred years ago. And I just thought that was the neatest thing since sliced bread. And um, I thought, wow, I would love, love, love to have these in my hand." So, you know, a little order here, a little order there. And they were small items, very, I mean, the tea cards and the calling cards, super small, very easy to order a lot and then just put them away and um so that went on for a while and then the paper outpost was born and then all of a sudden i had this place that i could use this stuff well 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 did that not change everything i was off and running now i had justification i had a place to put this stuff so i needed to buy more right because you know i really liked making junk journals and i liked stuffing all these little pockets and i could go through my supplies pretty quickly and uh um, I remember spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours organizing my tea cards into different categories. Did I get all this complete set of the tea cards da 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 Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, I think I completed all the sets that I could potentially complete. And then I was sort of done, you know? And then, But then I would find good deals on tea cards So I would buy more and more and more. And so, but the junk journals became the avenue of grand purpose where this stuff could flow. Okay, so. Then I decided, um... I took over the dining room, and I decided, Pam, if you're going to buy a lot of junk, and a lot of stuff, and a lot of, you know, ephemera, you have to contain it because you know you. You know you. Don't do it. Don't do it, sister. Don't let it be a runaway freight train. Okay, so I justified I'm going to contain the... Um, Uh, stuff only to my craft room slash dining room because I can close it off. I I put doors on the dining room so I could seal it up so it didn't look like this um, monster of a, you know, craft room and the rest of the house looked very peaceful and calm. So, and I wanted to keep that peaceful and calm in the rest of the house. So I quickly ran out of room in my craft room. So I started getting some different kinds of cabinets and drawers and things like that where I could take the things that I had and I could subdivide them and put them in little cubbies and I started low and they started inching up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and I pretty much have like three, four. Four walls do have things on them like lots of stuff and that was okay um and then as time evolved and um I started doing videos and showing people how to make um, journals. And I realized that um, other people didn't couldn't find the stuff as easily. So I thought, you know, I don't have a lot of stuff. Um, maybe they would be interested in buying the stuff that I have. So I put, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I put in, you know, this weird thing called a fundle, which is a collection of old and interesting papers that someone might use for a junk journal. Um, what I used to do was grab a Ziploc gallon bag and run around to all my little like, supply corners with my stuff, and I'd pull out a few things of each, put them in the Ziploc bag, and then sit down and make the journal. And I remember it was very time-consuming because I had to go and stop in different parts of my craft room to get each of the supplies. So then I thought, well, why do this once? I should make ten of these at a time because I realized I was really liking making the junk journals. And um, uh, I, could go, I could go through the stuff, so... At one point, I said to myself, maybe others would like to buy a pack of this stuff, because um, I was starting to get asked, you know, where do you get the stuff, and um, um, I thought to myself, huh, okay, so I'll put the concept out there and see if anybody is interested, and people were interested, so I thought, okay, okay, well, then came the justification, I got to buy a lot more stuff, right, because others might be interested in it. And uh, really the only way you can do it um, logically to make it like price point for everybody is um, I had to buy in large volume okay you know what that means there's a lot of stuff coming to the house now okay and I had to decide where and when and how, okay? What am I going to do with all this stuff? Where am I going to store it? How do I keep it safe and clean and dry and bug-free and mold-free and um, not look like I'm living in a hoarder house, right? 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 (laughs) And um, Okay, so um, that's when I decided, okay, maybe... I need to dedicate one room in my house to be the ephemera holding house. Or house. And yeah, it's almost like I need another house to hold it. The, the room or an area in a room or something. It started really with a box and then it grew to two boxes and four boxes and eight boxes. And um, then finally it came time to need a room. Now, originally... Um my husband and I planned to have kids and ta da, ta da, ta da, ta way back when well no kids ever came so we ended up probably buying more house than we needed so I did have the room I had an extra room where I could dedicate it to that and I thought okay well I've got the space I can put it to good use and let me do that negotiate with the hubby he was fine with it carry on pack the room and um contained the beast and uh Um, So basically, the hoarding tendencies, I think, are always there. It's what you do with them. What saved me was flow. I had to come to a rationalization that it was fine if things came in, but things had to go out. So letting go of journals, letting go of really good, high-quality ephemera that... I would drool over, honestly, old school records, old drawings from children back in the 1800s, old photographs from, you know, turn of the century. I mean, just tears running down the face, letting go of this stuff. But on the flip side of that, it felt so good to know that other people were going to feel that feel of, oh my God, this stuff is really, really old. And what was their life like? What was their? experience like who wrote this letter this handwritten letter I mean things like that I mean I I don't know maybe this was all living in my head but I just kind of felt like other people might feel the same way and the only reason I felt like that was because I was honestly shocked when I found out other people like to play with paper and I'm realizing they might also enjoy playing with old paper and uh, then I found out that you were (laughs) and it really that's only one style it's it's you don't have to put old papers in your junk turtles at all um you can stylize papers to make them look old and not have to buy an old piece of ephemera at all i just enjoy it it's it's a hobby for me um and it's a way i can take care of my hoarding tendencies I feel fulfilled like I got something but I'm also learning to release to the universe let it go and it makes me feel good Um, partially because yes I know I have more room and then I can actually go get more stuff and it's okay can I have that that thrill of the hunt again and I really like the hunt I like looking for things I like talking to people I like investigating I like um, finding out you know where this stuff lives it's a big researching investigative um journey that I go on and I just it's the thrill of the hunt people I don't know it's just so much fun to to find the stuff and it's out there it's out there and uh you just got to be a little inventive creative resourceful get out of your um comfort zone make some phone calls get on some online shops you know talk to friends and family they've got a lot of stuff hoarded away. I talk to them like people will be like, listen, you can have this, but I don't even want to look at it anymore. It's a box of papers to take. It has been sitting in my attic for a hundred years. I'm like, a hundred years? I'll take it. <laughs> and, um, you know, you'll go through it and you'll find a lot of stuff that's not valuable, but every once in a while you're going to come across something that's pretty cool and you're going to be home. Oh, I'm really glad I took the time to do that. And, um, so then I would say that half my time was split up between locating old ephemera and then making the journals and, um, um, Then came the time to develop the business, where I realized that, okay, well, I'm creating this. How can I get more eyes on it? And that's when I went into the social media world against my will, um, but had to, I knew nothing, nothing. Total babe in the woods, couldn't even figure out how to do a Facebook page. Um, Not liking it, resisted it, but realized it did expose the paper outpost to more people and I could get more people excited hopefully about junk journals and making um, their own books and things like that and uh, get them to explore what that was like so that became a way to bring more people into the fold which is really what I think I should have called the uh, the company afterthought you know too late Um, um, uh, but yeah I think that um, that is how yes I still have hoarding tendencies and that is how I deal with them. I I know I have to have what comes in, must go out what comes in must go out. So if I see something that seems to be building up a little bit, having a lot of that I think to myself hmm, how can I incorporate that in junk journals? How can I show people and myself how? you can incorporate or use that so that you don't end up with like 1 billion index cards in your craft room and not know what to do with them. Let's use index cards today and let's see how we can play with them and have fun with them. Um, I did briefly look at pre-made embellishments in Hobby Lobby and Michaels and things like that, but I kind of felt like Somebody already played, already did the craft for me where I didn't have the fun making it. So I got excited about making my own embellishments. Goofy little things, altered paper clips, clusters, you know, pretty decorated little pockets. I just sit down one day and make six cute little pockets that aren't even glued into your junk journal. But you just make them ahead of time and really play with them. Just go all out and have a lot of fun. I mean, you can have hours of fun doing that. It's not always about the completed journal it's about the journey it's about just having fun along the way take the pressure off yourself that's very important once you feel pressure to perform or pressure to create the fun is dead and that's it it's game over it becomes work you become a factory and all the joy just disappears into the mist and you know what life is too valuable for that if i find myself going down that track i slow myself down and it's kind of nice because i have to talk to my boss which is me And I have to negotiate with myself, like, no, 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 it's not about volume, it's about quality of experience, and always keep your quality of your experience top-notch so that you feel it's valuable time well spent, and it doesn't matter what other people think or what other people say, just enjoy your time, enjoy your crafting, and it's okay to be a hoarder as long as you have income and outflow. Keep the cycle going, and uh, even what it doesn't matter whether you sell it or not. Maybe you give it away. Maybe you give it to the women's resource center or schools or or craft um, arts and craft uh, centers. Things, whatever. Just have a flow, and then you can enjoy. Um, yeah. So if you don't know, I have a February triple bonus bundle special. This month in 2023, it is. Um, you get if you buy a fundal in February, you automatically will receive a Victorian trade card, a Victorian calling card, and a beautiful gothic textbook page from 1798, which is 225 years old. So, if you would like that automatically added to your fundal purchase, you don't need a code or a coupon. Yay! It just comes in there. And uh, it gets free priority mail shipping in the USA, and that will be sent off to you. So um, a lot of you are purchasing that. Thank you very much. You're keeping me very busy, and um, that's keeping the kibble in the bowl. So thanks so much. Uh, Big hugs and love from Sunny and I. Happy crafting. Remember, the fun can be simple. And create with reckless abandon. Talk to you next time. Bye.